we went from Sears uh, catalogs, Macy's department stores, you know, how, how shopping and Amazon now online, we see how people's consumption and shopping changes. This is actually more than gaming. These things like Decentraland are ways for huge ecosystems to now go in while they're playing a game and, and being able to interact in a marketplace that, that they can acquire real services and real goods through those virtual characters. That, that's, that's meta level. Welcome to Specific Knowledge. I'm your host, Devin Marty. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring how people coordinate and build in a dynamic world where knowledge is distributed and ephemeral. With a focus on creative destruction and the role of blockchain as a decentralizing technology, we discuss new ways to reimagine and reshape the current social order. I'm joined by my friends Lucas and Ryan, who are experts in their field. Today's topic will be a crypto fantasy draft, where we will each select our favorite cryptocurrencies from each category and tell you why we like them and how they're going to change the world. None of what you're about to hear is financial advice. This is all for education and entertainment purposes only. Without further ado, episode three of Specific Knowledge. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome. Uh, welcome back. Episode three. Very exciting. How are you guys doing? I'm oh, doing good. Had, an, had a great morning and uh, been looking, looking forward to this for a little while now. So I'm happy mm -hmm. to sit down and chat it, chat it up with you and Lucas. Yeah. Lucas? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm blessed to be here. I've been looking forward to this as well. This is a great idea, Devin. Uh, <laughs> it actually, it got me thinking about these different categories and what I'd want to, to share with people. It makes you think, you know, do I want to pick a blue chip that's real popular mm -hmm. or do I want to look for something that's not as talked about that might have more room for, for growth over the next year or two? So and I'm also excited to hear what you guys pick. Yeah. So without... And so uh, a little more detail on what we're, what we're going to do today is um, it is a fantasy crypto draft where we pick our, our favorite cryptocurrency projects in, uh, in each uh, category. And then we talk about why we've picked them and, and what, why we believe in them and, and why we think they're going to be uh, good for whatever, you know, whatever category they're in or whatever problem they're trying to solve. Uh, so the categories we have today, just lay them out first. We have NFTs, utility tokens, digital currencies, stable coins, exchange tokens, and then smart contract blockchains. And so if, if none of those words made sense to you, uh, just keep listening. Uh, we'll explain what they are when we come to each one. Um, but the way it's going to work is we're going to pick an order. And so the first person uh, goes first, they get to pick the category. Second person follows. That second person and the third person uh, cannot pick what the first person has picked for that category. So when we get to the third person, that category will be finished. Then we will go the third person. It's a snake draft. So that third person will be the first person now. And they will pick the new category. And same rules apply. Any token they pick for that category cannot be picked by the other two. Sound good? Everyone, everyone clear on that? Yep. Sounds good to me. Cool. Well, what, what do we win? <laughs> what do you um <laughs> let's let's say we'll put them all together and whoever does better over a year uh if we put a dollar into all of the tokens uh we'll, we'll come up with a prize but but i think that could be fun i like it um cool so let's uh decide the order um i realize there's no way to do this without you know 
a third party really picking. So I think we'll just go by birthday. Who has the closest birthday? Uh, I have a birthday well, in September. September. Okay. 20. I'm in November. We, July. Just had one. Okay. So do we want to go both, <laughs> both ways go? back and forth? I think we'll let Lucas go first. Uh, and then September, I believe, is also closer. So um, right. Ryan, you're, you're in the middle and I'll Lucas, you're going first. All right. Okay. Okay, well, I guess to start this off, I guess I will go because NFTs are really popular conversation mm -hmm. and it's definitely a, a market in blockchain and crypto that I feel is going to grow exponentially in the next year to um, get a lot of attention. So I'm, I'm going to go outside the box. I was looking at a, a few popular NFTs that are, that are really big that I like a lot, uh, like Engine and Luxo and some others that are out there that, that have strong teams and strong backgrounds. And I even thought about putting Theta as an NFT play because they're their own chain that is working to bring NFTs with their streaming. However, my pick is going to be Audio Chain. Oh, very good. AudioChain.io uh, is the website. And, you know, uh, some of the reason is A, I like there's a lot of people out there competing with gaming and, and visual arts and digital graphics and NFTs, but um, the music industry and what can be done to help artists, it, it, there's not a lot of competition. I feel that audio chain has a, has a real strong chance at being the first mover in this market. I've met the owner, uh, the founder of this on, on Clubhouse and, and spoke to her many times and I, and I, I just... I love what she's doing and I, I feel that she's very competent and working with a great team real quick. It's a platform for music creators and their fans. It's a place for artists to have control and transparency when it comes to the ownership of their music and how it's transacted um, for music listeners. You can engage directly with your favorite artists and earn incentives as you support your favorite music with the streaming or downloading of the NFTs. They're solving three core issues, direct and faster music royalty collection, direct music uh, listening and sampling uh, clearance, and creator-controlled streaming and download price setting. So uh, this is revolutionary for cutting out the middleman of um, you know, agencies and all that comes along with entertainment music. My mother has a couple albums as a singer. I grew up around music in the music industry, so it does strike close to home we all love music and if we can see artists in in any industry being liberated and being rewarded for what they bring to the table who knows if this was around 20 30 years ago prince may never have been the artist formerly known as prince he might have just kept prince <laughs> yeah very good point i think so, that's a you fantastic know, pick you know this you know that he, he made his name the artist formerly known as prince and changed it to a symbol specifically because of issues that he had over controlling his music with label <laughs> industries that's that's the story of how he became the artist formerly known as prince so that he could get back control of his of his music and they couldn't tell him what to do so yeah but uh, i will say audio chain is my nft pick and with that ryan well, I like that. That's a great pick, you know, and uh, I was looking at them. It was on my list and I knew that you were going to pick that. So I didn't even put, <laughs> put weight on uh, on it. So I picked the central land. Nice. Ugh. Yes. I'm a little mad central at you right land. now. Oh yeah. Was that yours? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good. It's how the game works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's talk about it. What is it? It's a, it's a virtual, it's a, it's for gaming. It's, 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 there's a, there's a game design. There's, it's a virtual reality ecosystem. 
you can uh, you can buy NFTs that are that are in game. Uh, you can buy avatars like clothing, you know, land. Build. Uh, you can build out your your own little. It's like Sims in a sense. You could build out. You can develop your own little online virtual uh, you know, plot with you know and create challenges. There's there's a whole lot going on here, and it's uh, the NFT is the nft element is is well integrated that's kind of what, what why i chose decentraland uh, unlike well we were talking about nfts yesterday and, and one of the criticisms what with with gaming and nfts that we came across was was that it that there's can be there can be exploits and there can be hacks and there can be and if it's not well integrated with a game it's this thing that you can buy but there's not a utility behind it right so there's like all these pitfalls but if it's not a if it's not well integrated into a, in a game that people want to play, it can it, there's a level of it where it could just be like a like a beanie baby, right? So it needs to have this this framework. And Decentraland, I think, is further along in the in developing uh, an integrated NFT ecosystem where where the games have value, where there where it's where there's a, a massive network of people already involved playing. Uh, it's I mean that's that's my my take on it right it's that's yeah the gaming is well developed and that and that adds value to the nft layer yeah i i like to describe it to friends as like minecraft with a marketplace almost uh which is just you know how many hours have people poured into that game and if there's a marketplace component that's huge that's uh look at games like diablo i'm not a gamer but i've heard um like Diablo and, and there's some others that have these marketplaces, these real world marketplaces that that pull you in even more because you can actually develop yourself in these worlds, which is exactly what that is doing. Um, exactly. Yeah. Good pick. Good world pick. building. Yeah. I would I would say, man, that's that's one of my favorites too. Decentraland, Mana, and that 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 that's a solid pick, Ryan. In fact, one of my favorite things about them is how they take virtual land and and like you guys were talking about in in turn it into, uh, well, the value, as you said, by creating a digital marketplace. You Imagine if you could go into a video game and because it's so popular and you could own a piece of, the, of, of that world that everyone in that video game would, would come into your shop and you could actually sell real items on the blockchain in that ecosystem that that's what's revolutionary is people don't forget we went around we went from sears uh catalogs macy's department stores you know how, how shopping and amazon now online we see how people's consumption and shopping changes this is actually more than gaming these things like decentraland are ways for huge ecosystems to now go in while they're playing a game and, and being able to interact in a marketplace that that they can acquire real services and real goods through those virtual characters. That that's that's meta level. I yeah, feel. it's bridging the the game with reality, mm-hmm. and and resolving those barriers, right? To where what happens in the game and what happens in the real economy can no longer no longer is completely airtight, separate. It's these right. are blend these are being blended together, and the and the the dif- distinctions between virtual and real. Are starting to melt away more and more, right? That's kind of the, that's what one of the big innovations I see with with virtual reality and these digital marketplaces is that how long will it be before that distinction between real and virtual starts to lose meaning and become fuzzy? Yeah, that's very cool. That's my that's my pick. All right, well, um, both very good picks. 
I would say next on my list was probably engine, but I think it's a, a very similar concept of, you know, gaming using NFT uh, tech and, and backing, I think the engine co token or coin, uh, I do, I do forget which um, actually adds value to the NFT world, but um, I'm going to go a little bit different. Um, I'm going to go with super farm. Are you guys familiar? Yes. So this, this is, um, if anyone listens to, I believe it's Elio Trades on YouTube. Um, his, his name is Elio Wayneman. Um, he created this recently. Um, it, what Superfarm is, is it's a way to create cross-chain decentralized financial protocols, but in a way that you don't actually need to know how to program or code. So you upload your NFTs you, to this marketplace. You can set your parameters. Uh, do, do people stake them uh, in order to earn interest or, or more NFTs? Or what? Like you can define the incentive programs, define them however you want without having to know any programming language. And I think this is a huge step in, you know, I'm asked all the time, hey, how do I create an NFT from my, from my art friends? Um, well, OpenSea is great, but you know, you can do a whole lot more with what Superfarm is doing. You can create a community, uh, which is any artist knows that's very important uh, for art. So I do like the even further decentralizing nature of what Superfarm is is attempting to do and, and I think successfully doing. Uh, so that would be my pick. It's a good one. I have that in my portfolio. Yeah, it's... it's uh... That was on your list too, wasn't it, Ryan? It was. Yeah, I had a few. Oh, do you guys share lists? I don't like this. <laughs> no, we, uh, we, 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 we talked earlier today about the categories. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. That was a little collusion here. I'm, I'm just looking out for myself. <laughs> All right. Um, so because I am the third uh, person to go, this means I get to pick the next category and go first. Um, and this is tough. Uh, I think I'm going to have to just play it strategically and go uh, the category smart, smart contract blockchain. Uh, so just to define that a little bit, um, a blockchain, there are several. Uh, Bitcoin is a blockchain. Ethereum is a blockchain. Um, there are several blockchains out there that all have different parameters. Some are coded differently. It, it's, we're not in a world yet where they can interoperate well. Uh, but we're getting there. And so um, blockchains allow for different, most do allow for different smart contracts to be built on top of them. And so therefore different ecosystems, different tokens, different projects, um, and, and just are structured differently. Some are more decentralized than others, and some are faster than others. Some are cheaper uh, fee structure wise than others. Um, so there are a lot of advantages and disadvantages uh, from one blockchain to another blockchain. And so I, if I'm to pick first, um, I think I know what you guys would go with. So I'm going to pick it. Um, I'm going to go with Cardano. Nice pick. Yes. And I saw you guys, um, for those of you guys who don't know, Ryan and Lucas have a, a live stream every Monday night. And they talked a lot about Cardano last night and, and what they're doing. Um, I'm a huge fan of what Charles Hoskinson and his team are doing. Uh, he's actually about an hour away from me, uh, lives in Boulder. Um, love his live streams, love his, he is so, so well-spoken, just knows almost everything about this industry. He was a co-founder of Ethereum. I know he doesn't really love that title, 
uh, since he and Vitalik don't super get along. Um, Ethereum Classic, I believe, also was, was something of his. He's on the board of, of that now. Um, and yeah, Cardano is now his, his main project. Um, what Cardano is, is it's a, well, people like to joke, it's a smart contract blockchain without smart contracts right now. Um, smart contracts are coming very soon, uh, towards the end of this year. And what they've done though, to prepare for that, I think is, uh, one very good point, uh, in, in their book and that they have published, I think is over 110 academic papers surrounding their code, surrounding what, where they're going with, uh, the Cardano ecosystem. They've set up full decentralization already, uh, in their, um, block production. So like the, the whole ecosystem is uh, capable of being fully decentralized already. And, and it is um, from what I understand. And that's, that's awesome. And more so what they're doing outside of the blockchain right now with decentralized IDs. I know we've talked about that on this show before uh, where, you know, they're going into partnering with countries, uh, Ethiopia, namely um, giving everyone a decentralized ID to prove who they are, that their education uh, and, and job and career are, are true. Um, and that they can take that with them and plug that into the blockchain and vote that way, or um, really do anything that has to do with finance or, or living. It's it's just such a powerful tool, and and they're such great partner makers uh, on a on a huge on a macro scale. Um, I'm talking countries, so I'm very excited to see where Cardano goes, um, and that would be my pick for uh, for smart contract blockchain. Well, that's a good one. You stole my pick. <laughs> but that's okay that's that's what this is right <laughs> yep um so i'm gonna go with with eth the granddaddy yeah um, nice yeah i mean it it's all right you guys hold on <laughs> <laughs> you can mute your your your, your uh, mic and go and click start clicking away if you want research <laughs> but, but yeah um eth so it's it's the original right the original smart contract blockchain and there, there's, there's been a lot of problems with gas fees um, going, going high, being high for, for interacting with the network or in, and with the chain. But that's, you know, that they're working on getting that squared away with the London upgrade, and um, and it's probably never going to be fully solved because of the fact that it's going to be a, a, you know, supply and demand thing. And as people, as the network grows and people get on, it's going to become more and more of a thing. But I'm sure they'll keep developing. But what's, what's so fascinating about ETH is that it's 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 got no real it's very much an open it's like a swiss army knife right you can you can do so many different things with it right they're they're aiming to i mean they're aiming to essentially replicate the internet on the on the blockchain i think is how they describe it but it's a like a world computer but it, there's a bunch of nodes um it's all ran on volunteer on a volunteer uh, sort of a framework there's a there's a governance channel that people can vote on how they want things to be changed. Um, there's the ETH, the Ethereum is what is the gas that uses the power of the network. So you need to spend that to make the, to interact with, with the chain. It's, um, and it's, and it's an open-ended thing where you can, if you have an idea for a, a contract that you want to program, you can, you can program it right on, on Ethereum. You can create a self-executing smart contract. And that can look of in a variety of different ways, right? That could that could look like a, a mutual aid group, that could look like a DeFi uh, bond, a, a decentralized finance bond, like Wise Token has done. That's another reason why I wanted to talk about ETH. Is one of my favorite crypto projects is built on on that chain called Wise, and it's 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 moving over to other blockchains as well. Interact. Uh, it's it's there's 
there's partnerships with Binance and various others, but but it started on ETH and it's a um, it's kind of what it's known for. It's the ETH bond. And it just shows you kind of how flexible this smart contract concept is and what you can do with it and where things might be heading. So as the first of the of out of the gate as the first proof of this concept, I uh, I'm always partial to, to ETH. And uh, that's that's my pick. Solid, solid pick. I mean, you can't yeah, go I wrong. Think, <laughs> I think on the smart contract uh, platform picks, you guys hit the top two. <laughs> Car- Cardano is one of my favorites. You nailed it, Devin. Uh, I, I really feel strongly with what uh, Charles has done, uh, where it's at, I suppose, in their roadmap, how close they are to the smart contracts and DeFi, that Alonzo uh, protocol that they're at, Alonzo White, and, and everything that they've done. In fact, when you look at Ethereum moving to proof of stake and how a lot of smart contract platforms require uh, um, tokens to be staked for amounts of time, like even in uh, like Polkadot, when you lock something up, uh, it takes days for you to unlock. And, and that's for the security of the chain. Well, you look at Cardano and they've revolutionized people being able to stake and unstake without waiting periods and without causing uh, the same fragility to the network, um, lacking that security. I feel that they're very still undervalued. And once they pop off um, these developments, they're, they're going to rock it. So uh, I'm a little envious of your pick of Cardano. And then, of course, I'm not surprised. But then the next best pick, Ryan with ETH. I mean, that, that's a solid. I, I'm very bullish on ETH. It's the first mover. And it still continues to innovate and grow with the market so that it can stay on top and and provide uh, the benefits. When we when we see a problem, you have the teams that are there to help come up with layer two solutions or come up with patches. That's that's how markets grow. That these these are the two biggest, some of the biggest projects in the market. You guys you guys took them from me, and so I'm going to stick with the next, the third best of those in the same vein of Ethereum and the founders. In, in that same in that same light, we've got Charles, we have uh, Vitalik, and there was. Another man, of course, there's a few more, but there's another uh, main main figure that that branched off to create his own version that's been slowly building up a community and a lot of value in the background. So I'm going to say Polkadot, Gavin Ooh, Woods, Dr. Gavin Wood, Dr. Gavin Wood with Dot. And what I love about Dot is their um, desire to maintain this uh, purely decentralized ethos that the idea of being able to accomplish everything without um without a, a group in control of of the chain and you look at things like uh chain x built uh, to connect uh bitcoin to the polka dot network it's their solution so in ethereum you've got ren btc which is a great bridge that's how they bring bitcoin it was the first um, bridge to bring Bitcoin over into the Ethereum smart contract platform. The, and, it, and it's successful. A lot of REN BTC and other um, bridges have been made to bring Bitcoin onto Ethereum. However, when you learn about the technology, you find that this has not been done in a purely decentralized way. REN protocol is centralized in order to make it work. And so aren't all the other gateways. And so what uh, Chain X is trying to do, and what Polkadot 
network does is to provide all these services that we're getting right now with quick patch up jobs and quasi decentralized and semi centralized platforms and trying to create a purely decentralized ecosystem that can provide all these needs so so chain x would be the purely decentralized bridge for taking Bitcoin off the Bitcoin network and moving it into DeFi on the Polkadot network. You look at shadows and shadows is the synthetics of uh, Polkadot, where you have synthetics on Ethereum, the shadows network takes um, assets. You can, you can, you can actually purchase the inverse of an asset you can bet on the price going down of an asset and you do all this without intermediaries it's creating that um, derivative market ecosystem without third parties I, I i know that they have some some growing and some work to do but i do feel that they're going to be another one of the major smart contract players as they mature and uh so that'll be my pick i'm going to pick polka dot for the smart contracts, and I guess, uh, well, what do you guys think about Polkadot? Well, I'm a huge fan for yeah. the reasons you said, and yeah. uh, just and especially with Chain X bridging to the to the Bitcoin network to Polkadot, that's that's fascinating to me. Uh, Shadows, I forgot about Shadows, but that makes reminds me of how awesome Synthetics is when you mentioned that being able to to, to buy to buy derivatives of of uh, an inverse. Uh, products as well of crypto investments. That's really cool. So the fact they're doing that in a decentralized framework, that's exciting. Real quick, uh, what is Synthetics, guys? That is a place to buy synthetic or um, like a, a, a copy of. Uh, it's, it's a digital asset that's a, a, that's indexed to, an, to another asset. So it, they, it started off, I think, with stocks. Like So you can buy synthetic yep. Tesla, synthetic Apple, which would be like buying a thing that tracks those those stocks. So if it goes up, you, you know, you you um you make you get that reward, that return, yeah. without un owning the underlying asset. Yeah. So you never actually have an impact on its price, but you get the benefit of it moving. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Terrific. It's a derivative market on the blockchain. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um. Yeah. No. Huge fan of Dot. Um. Dot is the ticker for Polkadot. Um. And yeah, the things that, the things they're doing with cross-chain compatibility that just need to be done um, to to make this all this whole ecosystem market work together, yeah, super essential. Uh, great pick. Well, hey, Lucas, that uh, leaves you. <laughs> that means I gotta I gotta start off with the next one, right? Yeah, you get okay, the okay. Uh... Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the digital currency category. Mm and i'm not going to go with a big popular one that i think is going to take away from what you guys have um so i'm gonna go out right with it pirate chain i'm picking pirate chain as my digital currency crypto and i say it because monero is very popular when it comes to cryptocurrency in the world of anonymous transactions. However, for those who've been around crypto and, and are familiar with some of the nuances, there is a slight flaw to the ring signature of, of Monero, where it's up in the air that uh, an infinite amount could be printed by the early founders from an address that nobody knows. So there's a level of trust that has to be maintained in order for Monero to be a worldwide viable private transaction. And that's just too much of a flaw for me to go all in on. However, I still see the need. Anyone who understands how transparent blockchain technology is understands the value 
for people to be able to have transactions privately that aren't monitored by the whole world. And, and for that, you look at the development of Pirate Chain and the team behind it and the tokenomics. And I do feel strongly that it's a, it's a viable alternative um, to, to Monero. And I think as more people learn about crypto and cryptocurrency on, on another bull run in the future, as more people are aware of the technology, there will be uh, like NFTs were popular and, and um, different markets become popular. I think anonymous cryptos will become uh, a popular market. There will be a time when everyone is, is looking for what's the best or what's the most efficient uh, way to transact cryptocurrency in a private anonymous way. So, so for that, I'm gonna go ahead and say R. R to pirate chain. <laughs> that's a, um, that's a good pick. This is a very good pick. R real quick for people who um, might not understand what maybe any of that means. In short, one sentence, what are, what are privacy coins or tokens? Uh, privacy tokens are cryptos that allow people to transact value anonymously. Perfect. Yeah. So like Venmo with no one being able to, no social media aspect or no company being able to dip in who, who sent who what. There's obviously the discussion with privacy. Is it, you know, do we need it? Do we not? You know, but hey, do you, do you want everyone seeing what you bought at the grocery store? Maybe not, right? Doesn't mean you're hiding anything. Um, so yeah, very, uh, very important tools. Um, and I think you've made a very good pick. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll say this, like you just mentioned, uh, not everyone wants to know your transactions. We it, admittedly, we don't live in a world where every uh, government and all the people in power in any a nation are always benevolent. Sometimes people come from places where there's political persecution and and there are other um, unruly um, constraints on, on capital. And so the need for privacy is not uh, just for people to do nefarious things. The need for, for privacy is actually to prevent uh, corruption, you know, and to prevent people from having opportunities to, to monitor what other people do un unnecessarily. Well said. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Well said. All right, Ryan. Well, my turn. Okay. Well, I was going to be clever and pick something obscure. And I have a few on the list that would meet that, but I'm going to go with Bitcoin just because, and I know that's not going to you know, be a big shock to anybody that's or listening to this, but it's, it's mostly because of the fact that the network is so developed. It's, it's, it's the, it's got the name recognition, right? It's like Coca-Cola or Kleenex or whatever. And when, anytime your brand becomes synonymous with a whole class of assets or, or products, not assets, products, then you kind of won the marketing battle, right? Like people call Coke, um, they call all soft drinks off, not all, but they call many soft drinks Coke. Like it's an offhand thing. I'm, I'm going to get a Coke. You don't necessarily mean you want a Coke specifically. You might want a Sprite or something else, but that's like a catch all term, right? Just like Kleenex. And there's other brands of Kleenex, but everything is a Kleenex, right? Well, Bitcoin is kind of fits that too. You, you hear people talk about the Bitcoin markets or, you know, now of course they're talking about Bitcoin specifically, but it's also a catch hand, a catch all for, for the entire crypto space for people who are kind of new to it. They might not know, there's a you know a bunch of different products and and they can they, they do know about bitcoin right and they and they do they oh you're you're buying that bitcoin right so i feel like it's got the name it's got it's but more than that just it's not just marketing it's it is a secure um very, very secure i think it's the most secure blockchain if i'm not mistaken and it's the most we're the most um we're the most market cap where the, the biggest market cap is there for sure it's by by far so 
all, when you look at those things, you consider that's the network effect that it, and, and, and that and network effects are largely one of the big things that determines whether or not a project is going to survive or not. Like how is it onboarding more users or, or users going to other networks? Right. And, and what, why do they make that decision? Well, mostly because of the value of, 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 of it, which is determined by how many other people are plugged into it, especially when you're talking about money or a fine or financial asset, it's values derived by the value that people see in it. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a social appraisal. Right. And I feel like Bitcoin has kind of left the pack in a big way. And in a sense that I don't see others catching up in the mere, in the near term, even, even the best products like ETH have a long way to go before they're challenging Bitcoin's market share, market cap. So for that reason, and there, and there's, there's a lot of innovation happening. It's not talked about, but there's layer two innovation happening. And there's discussion, there's lightning networks. There's, there's talk about one day maybe being able to do a contract over, over the blockchain, over the Bitcoin blockchain. So, you know, who knows where that goes? And if that happens and they, they square that circle, then that's going to be impressive, right? That could really be a game changer. So I still feel like Bitcoin is worth, it's worth um, talking about and thinking about. And if you're talking about just cryptocurrencies, that's my favorite. That's, that's the dominant, uh, dominant asset in my mind. Solid. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with, with Bitcoin. It's again, like you said, it's the Q-tip or the Kleenex of, mm -hmm. of, of crypto and then of uh, probably the future of finance. So they're the most exactly. secure network that they've paved the way for all cryptocurrency and blockchain projects to even exist. And, and like you said, uh, rootstock, I believe is the name of that uh, protocol that they're using to work and build smart contracts, but it being the most secured ledger uh, most secure chain in the world, it will always be a value and it, it maintains proof of concept. I know it's your turn, Devin, but I want to shout out real quick, a few quick bullet points that I should have mentioned on, on pirate chain to give people um, a little bit of understanding on, on why I think it adds value. And you'll appreciate this. We know that like Bitcoin being a secured network, uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin is also an extremely secured network that's been around for a while. And one of the things that separates uh, pirate chain from others is that it actually attaches its chain to the Litecoin blockchain in order to increase its security. So they, they're a protocol uh, that not only only does private sends, so every transaction is anonymous, but they have a special delayed proof of work um, protection that uh, prevents double spending and 51% attacks with the Litecoin chain security. And uh, what else was I gonna mention real quick? They're tied to, to Tor, they're ready for, um, Tor network supported. They're already e-commerce enabled, uh, mobile wallets, light wallets, they're their own tech, and they've been around for a couple years. So I, I think that once you look at anonymous cryptocurrencies, they're actually, their their tokenomics, their team, they're, they're a cut above the rest. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a perfect lead into what I'm going to pick. Um, what I'm picking is actually, if we go back to January 2014, this is a fork of Litecoin. Um, you guys, if you're one of the OGs, you might know it as Xcoin or Darkcoin, uh, but they rebranded in 2015 to Dash, which is just a, a combination of digital cash. So 
Um, big fan of of Dash. Uh, essentially, again, like they, like I said, they're a fork of Litecoin. Um, cheap, fast payments globally. Again, think think Venmo, but uh, you know, no one controls it. It's not a, a company, um, and that's what all these are in, in essence. But um, big fan of what Dash is doing. Um, I think we've touched on all the topics uh, that that surround digital currencies, but um, specifically, I believe they also have a private send version i think it's called private send actually mm-hmm. yeah um so they they hit a lot uh, they cover a lot of the bases for me uh, they have a governance system uh, in place um and i've actually met um evan duffield uh on um i believe it was clubhouse it could have been a call sometimes those get a little conflated for me um but yeah really uh really smart team um good founding people know dash um yeah I think those are three good picks, guys. Um, I love that you picked Dash, Devin. We, we were talking about that the other day. It's one of my first cryptos. And, nice. and we went to a, a, a seminar and they actually came out to the seminar and represented cryptocurrency in Austin when we were at uh, this this uh, voice and exit. But the people were great. And like you said, they, they, they're pioneering when it comes to using cryptocurrency as a digital money. I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to... This transaction speed, the cost of transactions, allowing private transactions. They had a pump recently. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they're working to add uh, more dynamic use to, to Dash with everything going on in the world. I mean, that's a that's a solid pick. I love it. Yeah, they had a good day yesterday. I think it was yeah. 20% up or something. No, you're exactly like right. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I like Dash too. That was actually the only the other project I was looking to pick between I was it was Bitcoin or Dash and I went with the with the Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin. I, I I think a da- I think their motive is to improve on Bitcoin. I think that's mm-hmm. one of their things, and um, they're kind of a fork of Bitcoin if you think about it. Um, few forks, and for those of you who don't know what a fork is, it's just a um, uh, the main chain continues and and someone splits off, and uh, you know to put it simply, just creates another crypto with the same base basic foundations, um, but but evolves it a little bit. Um, very cool. All right, wait. Does this mean it's my turn? Yes. Oh boy. What am I going to go with next? I think I'm going to go with stable coins. Um, so this will be the now fourth category we're in fourth out of six and uh, stable coins for uh, just quick overview. Uh, traditionally a stable coin is um, a, a coin or possibly a token that, and the difference uh, there is a, a coin is usually uh, a blockchain, uh, something that's, integral to run a blockchain or pay fees on a blockchain or is just the the main token of a blockchain. A token can be built on top of a blockchain. So stable coins, what they are, are meant to do is is maintain a peg, a, a you know a constant value of let's say a dollar um, no matter what. Some do it by backing the coin um, by the actual asset that it is uh, supposed to hold, say gold or the US dollar. Others do it through algorithms um, that, which which is kind of contentious right now. It's it's a bit more difficult to do, but it, there are ways to do it, and they um, they fluctuate a little bit around, let's say, a dollar, but they they ultimately hold their value uh, should they you know work and function. So uh, I hope that was a good overview of a stablecoin. If you guys have anything to add, please do. Um, but the stablecoin, and and I'm probably going to confuse a few people here when I pick this one, but I'm going to pick wrapped Bitcoin because if we're talking 
currency, which a stable coin is supposed to support and, and run with, uh, and, and maintain a steady peg to. Um, and we also consider that El Salvador now, Bitcoin is their national currency, um, one of their two. Uh, I think it's fair to say that BTC, Bitcoin, is, is a useful asset to, to peg. And uh, that's what wrapped Bitcoin does. Wrapped Bitcoin puts, puts Bitcoin on the Ethereum blockchain. I think you mentioned Ren a little bit earlier, Lucas. Um, I believe that was one of the original ways to do it. Uh, m- the point I like about wrapped Bitcoin, there's two. Well, one, you can use wrapped Bitcoin in smart contracts. You can pay with it through smart contracts. The other thing I liked about wrapped Bitcoin is that if every exchange went down or, or the government shut them down or, or just something happens where you can no longer move money around on a centralized exchange like Coinbase or Kraken or, or Binance. Well, all, most all the liquidity for Bitcoin, 16%, it's a, only liquid 16% um, is held on exchanges. You can't spend, use anything with Bitcoin anymore, but you could use wrap Bitcoin on decentralized exchanges like Uniswap and, and PancakeSwap or, or, you know, pick one. So I, I like that. I like the, um, the even further decentralizing nature of wrapped Bitcoin uh, and how it holds a peg to Bitcoin. So that's my pick. Um, I believe Ryan. I like that because it, it made me think about stable coins in a different way. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would have thought, you know, only in terms of like the, the peg to the dollar, but you're right. Pegging it to Bitcoin, which is now a uh, more of a currency than was before because it's a, it's, it's legal tender in El Salvador. So that's a, yeah, that's a good point. I like that. I'm going with Dai, the first decentral, nice. truly decentralized stable coin. So it's a project that is a it's connected to the MakerDAO. So I believe the MakerDAO holders are the that's like the governance token for Dai, and uh, and so ETH. This is in the Ethereum uh, ecosystem, right? So this is an ERC twenty, and it's it's equivalent to a dollar, one to one dollar. One Dai is one dollar. And but the full, the cool thing about how it works, which is different from centralized stable coins like Tether, where there's this trusted third party that has a reserve of assets that they that they hold and in in, in is collateral essentially. This is different because it is there's a uh, there's independent actors. I think they're automated, right? So this is probably they call them a keeper, a keepers, and they buy die when the price is below the target, and they sell die when it goes above the target. And to make a profit, so there's this algorithm, and there's this mechanism that that is stabilizing the price of die, and and that's you know I, I it's something it's some anytime you can get away from trusted third parties and and go to an automated uh, verification or automated mechanism of any sort, whether it's verifying or or buying and selling to adjust prices or whatever it is. You know that to me, that's that's efficiency enhancing because you're you're dealing with you're minimizing how much trust you need, you're you're um, and you're minimizing how much knowledge people have to have now because you don't now you don't have to know well how much does Tether really have in their reserves right now it's you don't have to worry about that it kind of just moves that that concern off the table so you know that to, that's my pick die and I, I love the fact that it's part of the Ethereum ecosystem that's the other benefit. Good pick. Yeah. It, it doesn't rely on any kind of uh, third party. Like you said, that's uh, that's super powerful when you're talking about decentralization. Um, big fan of die. Yep. L- you Lucas, guys, did we, did that we steal was, this? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was. Uh, I, I have another one, and this is kind of an outside the box. You're out now. You didn't take mine. You're outside the box thinking with the uh, wrapped uh, Bitcoin. That that was awesome. I really like that, Devin. And, uh, but die definitely is one of my top picks. I, I love that pick, Ryan, for all those reasons that you mentioned. Um, you know, I'm looking at USDC and their connection to Circle and what they offer as as being more stable and secure than than the worries that people had with tether although tether is just huge in the world of stable coins and has uh, with what they went through with uh, was it new york the sec or, or no not sec i think it was uh something in new york but but um it's been shown that they're not as fragile as once thought so i, I still think that uh tether is, is is a great pioneer in stable coins but you know Kind of going outside the box, like you were thinking, are you guys familiar with Terra Luna? I'm kind of yeah. wanting mm -hmm. to talk about Terra Luna and I, I want to sneak it in there, even though it may not be a a hundred percent a stable coin, but but I kind of want to sneak in there because what they are trying to do by offering stability and bringing stability to stable coins and cross-border payments. And, and that's what actually what they're designed to do. It's a protocol that uses fiat pegged stable coins to power a price stable global payment system. Um, so they're actually looking at using a basket of stable coins of, of, of stable coins pegged to different nations. So instead of it just being the Binance USD or Tether, which is pegged just to the US dollar, and we already know that cryptocurrency blockchain technology is a worldwide phenomenon that's drawing attention and bringing in investment from different nations all over the world. I think that Terra Luna is unique in that it is bringing the uh, it's, it's stabilizing different. It's basically a, a, a bridge for different nations to bring their stable coins to the table and and uh, create a global payment system with with a uh, a basket of, of stable currencies. That's not explained perfectly well. <laughs> you know, it sounds very similar to what the uh, what's been talked about for a long time in in traditional finance about creating a uh, some kind of global uh, monetary unit that would be made up of a basket of currencies. Uh, they have a term for it. I think special drawing rights is what mm -hmm. they call that. So yeah, it's it's kind of like the de the DeFi, the decentralized blockchain version of what of what that of what that that fiat system was aiming to to maybe be one day. Right. It, it offers stable coins pegged to the U.S. dollar, South Korean won, uh, the Mongolian tugrik, and the International Monetary Fund's special drawing rights basket of currencies. And it's intending to roll out other additional options. So. There, uh, the, the Luna coin is to be a way to stabilize uh, and, um, these different, the interaction of these different national currencies, which I, which I think is, is beautiful to have on the blockchain, a way for people to kind of go from the, uh, to, how do I say, to, to act on the arbitrage, basically from, from one nation's uh, stable coin to another by putting them together and allowing people to cash in and out of Luna. As they as they so choose, which reduces the differences between the, the, the currencies. Exactly, right? exactly. That's what it's to do: is to reduce yeah. the differences between these different um, pegged stable coins of relative uh, governments and to put them together into one. 
that that's what I think is unique. So you that's made cool. me think about that, Devin, when you brought in rap, rap Bitcoin and after Ryan stole die, which I think is awesome with what they do and, and being decentralized and using Ethereum as an asset, not tied to a nation's legal tender for, for uh, security. I think that's a home run, but, but if I, if I got to pick outside of that, then I'm going to, I'm going to mention Terra Luna to put that on the map. Yeah, I, I think the three we picked are probably the safest also from any kind of regulation. I know stable coins are at the they're at the top of um, uh, Yellen's agenda right now, from what I understand. Um, yeah, and they're they're singing a bunch of nonsense about the past in order to yep. sell that too. With free, they're trying to uh, say that that private currencies are inherently unstable, and they're pointing to the free <laughs> banking era. And we, we, if you follow our channel on YouTube, you know how much that, how that argument flies. Yep. Anyway, that's good. I will throw out one more thing. Uh, USDC, uh, who circle, right. They just a uh, very few minutes ago, actually partnered, uh, or sorry, I should say Mas MasterCard adopts USDC, um, to tap into the circle pay and, um, create cool. you know you know settle transactions between mastercard users yeah very uh very cool and for that the... comes on the heels of visa I correct and something similar with right? usdc so usdc USMC. is if we're going to talk about a us dollar fiat stable coin then usdc yeah yeah it's, it's constantly audited to make sure that that's actually backed by the correct amount of dollars which you know tether is not um, but that's, that's an argument there that I don't want to get into. Um, and I think we have three very good picks, uh, with, I'm going to mention one more, since you mentioned USDC, I'll make it real yeah. quick, but just, just for you guys to, to what you think about this, I, I wanted to pick the Binance USD. Mm. I, BUSD. I, BUSD. I, I, for some reason, I think that CZ and Binance, what they do for cryptocurrency and blockchain and, and how they're able to spread around different parts of the world and take advantage of different jurisdictions. Uh, the Binance USD is backed one-to-one. -one. It's audited. It's heavily, heavily verified. They've got the, you know, Binance, it's a huge industry. They've got, they've got a lot of momentum. They have a lot of value and a lot of connections and part of what you can do with the stable part of what makes a stable coin valuable is what, what, what can you do with it? And Binance has this rich ecosystem on their chain that not only can they back up, put their money where their mouth is and back up the value of, of the stable coin, but they can give people uh, access to rewards, interest, uh, exchanging uh, their stable coin with no fees, the Binance USD uh, fee-less exchanges. And so I, I know it's a little bit more centralized that's why I mention it last only because I have this, I've heard this theory that at one point in time, Binance is going to cut off the umbilical cord of centralization when the time comes and it needs to, so that all of these protocols can do their thing. And in that regard, I say, I, I would love to see the Binance USD achieve some success in that, in that realm. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, and for and for those of you listening who are thinking, okay, what's the point of a stablecoin? Uh, there's there's a lot. Um, you know, do you want to hold your 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 currency in a digital form and be able to send it wherever? Uh, that's one use case. Another, uh, if you trade volatile cryptocurrencies, uh, say Bitcoin goes up, sell it into the USDC or USDT or whatever you want, um, and then it goes down. You can buy back in some more. So it's it's uh, for a lot of people a method for uh, obtaining more cryptocurrency that is is volatile. But obviously, be careful because that's <laughs> trading. Trading is you know you can get wrecked sometimes. But so 
Is this, uh, am I supposed to pick the next category? Yeah, you picked the next category. Uh, We have two more categories left, exchange tokens and utility tokens. Oh, this is getting tough. All right, let's go. I'm going to go with the exchange token. Okay. Okay. And it comes down to, is it going to be a decentralized exchange token or a centralized exchange token? And uh, the only decentralized exchange token that I can think of that I would that I would even really mention is Uniswap and the Uni token, and I'm not going to take it. So if that's one of y'all's picks, you can have it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the BNB. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna this where I'm gonna go to Binance and, and say BNB um, as an exchange token, and I'm gonna go back to because I regard Binance has done so much to promote the growth of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And what started out as an exchange token is, is not just having value on the Binance exchange, but is now has value on the Binance smart chain. There's a whole, there's a whole blockchain that is now attached to the BNB token. And as, as you all know, one of my favorite, um, program, one of my favorite protocols in, in crypto, and I think all of us here is wise token as a smart contract built on Ethereum, but they're not just built on Ethereum as a smart contract, they're interoperable on different chains. And one of those uh, that they've moved on to immediately and that they continue to offer rewards, LP rewards and and airdrops and and gifts is on the Binance smart chain. I'm a huge fan of the Binance ecosystem. Even though I'm a fan of decentralization, I'm I'm long-term visioned when it comes to cryptocurrency. I recognize that many projects that people claim are decentralized still have centralized aspects and we're still trying to get a lot of this technology up off the ground so that it can be sustainable on its own without central actors. And um, so for exchange token, for its utility, I know it, it has a lot of value within the exchange. It has a lot of value outside the exchange. And uh, there's such a, such a team and such a network behind it. I don't, I don't see it going, ar- going away anywhere. And I can only see it uh, growing in value o- over the next few years with, as this ecosystem grows. So that's, that's my exchange token pick. I'm picking BNB. Good pick. And uh, I had my eye on, on Uniswap as well, but I think I'm going to leave that as leave that to Devin if that's if he chooses it. I'm going to go with KuCoin. Uh, nice. And it's not a DEX; it's not a decentralized exchange, but it does have anonymity features that stand out to me. There's no KYC necessary. Um, they have very generous uh, daily withdrawal limits, so you don't have to worry about you know, verifying your account if, if you don't, if you don't really want to. Uh, another thing that's awesome about KuCoin is that, well, there's a wide amount of assets you can buy. There's all, you know, pretty much anything you want is on the KuCoin. And there's a few that aren't, but it's, it's got the majority of projects right there to, at your fingertips. So that's cool. But the other thing that's interesting is if you own KuShares, KCS, that's the, the utility token, you can, you will get paid out uh, a fraction of the fees that the that the KuCoin exchange collects for the day and then the fees are 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 around withdrawals right so there's no i don't believe there's any any fees to buy or sell it's when you withdraw that you pay the fee and so for you for ku share holders you get paid out and the cool thing is they don't pay you out in, in their token they pay you out in fractions of all the different assets on the exchange so you end up building up holdings of of you know all these different projects and one day if they you know become valuable you you have already got a foot in the door right 
So that's cool. And they do air, there's an airdrop right now that they're, that they have for people who used the platform back in April. It's a thousand dollars of tether that they're just giving away. And there's, there's these giveaways, there's contests, there's um, you can, there's the other thing I like about KuCoin is that you get your, there's an order book, right? So you get to pick, you can set up an order, right? And then Coinbase and Binance are the same way, but the KuCoin does this with K, with no KYC. So you, you get no KYC, but you get the, the order book. So you can set your, your, your order. You can pick a price. You don't have to go with the market price, like a DEX, like a decentralized exchange where there's a, just a, a matching algorithm that, that picks a price. You just, you, 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 you hit, you, you hit send and then whatever the price is at the moment is where is what your, where your transaction is made at. Whereas on, on a, or with an order book, you can pick a, a certain re, a price where you don't execute the order unless the price hits that your target, right? And you can have stop losses and there's just, it's, you get to have more custom control over your, your trading. And, but the thing about this is that, um, you normally pay for that by giving up privacy. And in this sense, KuCoin is a nice, nice sweet spot where you get all the benefits of a centralized exchange, but you're doing so with just your email address and you know, you're just signing up. Like it's, it's very, it's very uh, anonymous in that sense. So that's why and I like KuCoin. You just mentioned KYC for those who don't know what is KYC. Uh, it's know your customer. It's an acronym stands for know your customer. It's a banking um, standard where, where, where companies are told to, you know, collect as much necessary information from, from your customers as possible. And, and the idea that we're going to report them, you know, if, if there's transactions that go above a certain amount or if there's suspicious activity, yada, 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 uh, there's, there's a paper trail and we know who this person is. And then their information could be sent to the authorities and, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah. That's uh, a great, very interesting pick. Um, was not expecting that. Um, Lucas, I will say BNB, you, you probably took mine. Um, so that's cool. Well then add, um, add to it. What were you going to say about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm, now that I'm thinking about it a little more, uh, I think my second pick should have been my first pick. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't love the centralization of Binance right now, but I've heard the same rumors, you know, one day, boom, decentralized, huge ecosystem that, you know, you talk about, um, there, there's a lot of structures that require a large degree of centralization before decentralization can be possible. Um, I mean, Marx talks about that a little bit, I think needing a large, um, not, not, but mode of capital, I think is what he says before a, a communal society can be achieved. And it's like, okay, that's, that's very fair. Um, and I, I hope that's what they do. But I think my pick is going to be CRO, the crypto.com coin, um, which I'm a big fan of for a very particular reason. I, I do understand um, from what I read that it is fully decentralized. You can hold it in a non-custodial wallet. You can have control over it. The thing I like it for though, and so if uh, anyone's familiar with crypto.com is a, I believe it was well, an app. Uh, if you're in America, you have to use the app. Uh, but if you're anywhere else in the world, you can use the actual crypto.com. Um, and it's a, it's a centralized uh, payment, trading, financial service, you know, all, all of it. Um, think Coinbase, think, think any of them. But it has a, um, an exchange token called CRO, which is the crypto.com token uh, or coin. And um, what you can do with it is, uh, I think, essential. Um, 
and that is you can get a CRO debit card, load it up with your CRO tokens and spend that. So it is a fantastic way if you're talking about just, you know, good trading habits or good risk mitigation, you should take profits at, at points is my belief. And a good way to do that is to spend it um, on things you need, um, groceries, rent. Uh, and if you have a debit card to be able to do that, um, that's, that's a fantastic method uh, of spending your profits, um, you know, should you have them. If you don't and you're spending your losses, you know, I'm sure there's some, some tax tricks there to, you know, talk about your, you know, tax, taxable, um, your losses for that year. But um, it, in, in essence, it is a way to spend your crypto without holding U.S. dollar. Um, or, or something that currently is inflating dramatically. Um, there are also staking methods. You can get, uh, you know, rewards like any other card. I think if you get, like, if you hold, you have to hold a dramatic amount uh, in a stake for for uh, quite a few days. But you can get like ten percent cash back or crypto back um, by spending with these debit cards. So it's like that's that's pretty fantastic um, and only possible, I think, through crypto. Um, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that's that's got my attention. I I remember when those cards came out. I was like, yeah, yeah this is exactly some what issues. we need. Do you remember the issues that they had uh, a few months ago? Um, I, I thought that some of the, um, I think it may have been fees. I, I had some friends who who got a card from Crypto.com, and and that it was very, um, it was inefficient. Just the, the cost of the fees in order to do what they were doing, but that the novelty of being able to spend crypto was was a joy and worth it to them so that they were willing to pay for it. But what they expressed to me was they weren't happy with some of the costs and the fees uh, associated. However, that was months ago. Uh, I, I'm asking you only because I'm not familiar and, and everything you mentioned, I, I love the project and what they're doing. And the fact is, it's like, I'm not one of those people to complain about the internet being slow on the airplane you catch my drift right like that's funny like these people are pioneering finding a way to take digital assets and cryptocurrency especially in a decentralized way like you mentioned it and being to where we can spend it so like like i said the the people i talked to were happy with the fact that it worked and it functions it was uh an issue with fees or something that had happened a few months ago but I love that pick. You're making me look at it all over again. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I, I do not own a crypto.com card. I've thought about it for a very long time. Um, what I'm waiting for is, is the Coinbase card, which allows you to, um, I believe, spend USDC, which is, you know, that's part of, part of my salary is paid in that. So, you know, it's, it's just be a lot, whole lot easier for me. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something I think the idea is, again, like you said, it was very novel back then. I think it's uh, evolved from what I understand a whole lot more. Um, I know a lot of people who do use it uh, on a nice. daily basis. And um, nice. it's yeah, fantastic. All right. Uh, this brings us to the last category and probably the most exciting, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, that is utility token. And so a utility token is a very broad term. Uh, what it actually means legally is just anything that isn't a security um, from my understanding. So if you're to be listed on say Coinbase, you need to have an opinion, a legal opinion letter from a lawyer that states that you are a utility token and not a security token uh, because then you run into issues with the SEC. Um, yeah. So 
utility tokens uh, tend to be tokens that are used for something. Um, in DeFi, that can be uh, decentralized finance, I should say. That can be, um, uh, is it used for collateralized or lending or uh, governance or um, just so many topics, I, I can cover them all. But um, I think we'll have a, a pretty stacked list here. Um, you know, uh, of course, I want to choose Wise. Wise is a company that I work for. So I think um, maybe I won't and I'll leave it to one of you two to talk about it instead of me shilling one of the, my own project. But um, and this is hard because I thought I wouldn't go first on this. And I have uh, three that I'm very excited about. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with VeChain. Dang. Oh, good pick, man. <laughs> Thanks. Good pick. Um, so VeChain, or VET is the ticker, um, is pretty much the only one doing this, um, what they're doing from, from what I understand, and well, doing it well. And that is supply chain coordination on the blockchain. Uh, they've got some big partners like um, Walmart in China. Um, is in big, Well, Walmart is just a supply chain company. They don't own anything on their shelves, really. Uh, they own it for a small period of time when you're checking out. Um, but that's, that's their business model. It's, it's all about supply chain. And, you know, think of anything, your mail, your just, you know, the issues we're having right now due to a pandemic where supply chain issues where, you know, uh, even the evergreen, um, was it evergreen, the, the ship in the Suez Canal? Yes, that, that's yeah. the name. Yep. Yeah, that like that caused, a whole, you know, billions of dollars of supply chain costs because a, a boat was stuck in a, or a ship was stuck in a canal for a few days. Um, supply chain is, is dramatically important for how our whole world operates. And um, what VeChain is doing is it's allowing supply chain coordinators to plug into the blockchain and see, okay, where my where's this trucker and what's on there? What's in their payload? What's what's in the truck? What do they have? What's exactly there? I've seen people use it for you know cleaning up plastic out of an ocean and proving that they had this many pounds of plastic transported to a certain facility that then recycled it in a certain way. So it can be used for that. Um, the, the example that I usually give people is, imagine one day being able to scan your box of Pop-Tarts and see where every ingredient in that box came from on a map and see how it got there. And then you go, wait a second. Uh, I don't like that they got sugar from this factory that maybe uses child labor. Let's boycott Pop-Tart. That is such a, a immense social everything it, that that is such a huge tool uh for for people to understand where their stuff is coming from and understand how it got there is it ethically sourced is it not dramatically powerful tool and it's, it makes uh, me think about hershey the chocolate yeah and the and the controversy about them and they say that we, we don't know if we can source cocoa or without, without using slave labor child slavery yeah. Child slave labor. Isn't that wild? Well, wait a minute. Maybe maybe we could pay for that. If maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that would be maybe there'd be a profit in, in not having slave labor in the, in the supply chain. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And yeah, I've talked to uh, people who work at um, distilleries in Scotland who maybe want to use this one day to prove, hey, this is aged this much, like provably, like we're not tricking you or, or anything. And that actually also helps um, if any whiskey connoisseurs out there. A blend, uh, so it's like a 12-year, an aged, um, aged for 12 years means that the lowest age in that bottle is 12 years. There might be some 16 or 18-year or whatever. Um, this also helps internally, from my understanding and what I talk to uh, people in this industry, 
it, it helps them internally make more money because they understand, oh, which barrels were really from which years and where have they been? How can we coordinate that going forward in the future more strategically? Um, so very cool tool, VeChain, very excited to see, um, see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, supply chain hasn't been the news in the last you know year or so with first with the trade war disrupting uh, different suppliers and moving goods across borders. And now with COVID, uh, with all the shutdowns and the production that was offline, it's, it's definitely becoming more of a thing that we're aware of and it's fragility than ever before. So yeah, any, any way to, to create efficiency enhancements and on the supply chain is going to pay off big time. So yeah, I, I think that was a good pick for sure. My pick is going to be out of left field, but we'll see if how everybody feels. Uh, I, I'm picking basic attention token that they, they're they trying to revolutionize advertising, marketing, and, and in a way that enhances privacy and makes uh, makes the customer no longer the product, right? So if, if you're familiar with the problem with these free, all these free services, um, they like Facebook, social media, for example, you often you're the product. And it's like, well, how is it free? I don't pay. Why are they letting me do this? Why are they putting all this investment into this infrastructure for nothing? And it's like, well, it's not for nothing. They're monetizing your attention. You know, they're selling your likes and your your impressions and all the things and all this stuff to to third parties who are then using that to market to you. And and that can, you know, that and that there's there's some problems with that, with privacy, with uh, with ethics, and who who are the other people? What what information are they collecting? You know, do we approve of this? All these things come into it. And so this this project is a is a based on oh it's it's integrated with the Brave browser, which is another thing that is awesome about this project. But their their browser, I would recommend you check out if you're into alternative browsers because it's very good at keeping the ads down. And then you can choose how many ads you get through, and then you get paid. You actually make money by by viewing those ads, and you get paid in bat the token. And and um, so you, yeah, that's it's a it's creating a whole ecosystem of that's that's helping people who otherwise wouldn't be getting into crypto potentially, and it's 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 giving them a way to do it right off their browser. No money, no, you don't have to put any money in it. You don't have to take any risk. You're just pay, you're paid for your time, and now you all of a sudden have crypto, which can be exchanged for any other cryptos, right? So it's like an on it's a giant onboarding system, as well as uh, as a marketing um, a marketing tool to to change how we market and how we advertise. So yeah, and they're also creating a DeFi ecosystem as well, on top with in integrating with all of this. So lending, borrowing, staking, uh, you know. So I, I'm very excited about this project. It's a sleeper. It, you know, you don't you don't hear about it a lot. It's been around for a while, and w- this is another one of those crypto projects that was involved in Voice and Exit that we were introduced to, along with uh, Dash back in '17. Uh, Basic Attention Token was there, and they were they. Well, I don't know if they were they didn't have as big of a presence but there was definitely a lot of talk about what they were doing so yeah i would i'm going with bat that's my pick those are both good picks i love bat too and we talked about that a while ago but brave browser has been a great browser for years they've they've worked very well to integrate for blockchain crypto users and being able i love looking at projects that can take their resources companies that take their resources and find a way to use that to add value into crypto and blockchain what you just mentioned is is exactly what makes the the bat token and brave such a sleeper i mean there are there are millions of users of the brave browser 
all over the world who already use it to interface with the web. And all if it takes is an upgrade for a free wallet, a free crypto wallet. Now you've got uh, an opportunity to, to uh, pool liquidity, which is one of the things that I think they're wanting to do is create a community around their users where they can create uh, a DEX or around it or allow for liquidity to be pooled. Um, so I, I think, yeah, no, that, that, I didn't think about that. I wasn't, that wasn't on my list, but now that you mentioned it, I feel like I should have put it at the top. That's a, that's, a, that's an awesome pick. Yeah, Ryan, that's a fantastic pick. I mean, from a privacy perspective, from owning your own data uh, in a way, yeah, big fan, great pick. And it works. Like uh, yeah. if you have, if you use it, people are earning crypto rewards right now. If you've got it turned on, you're going to websites, it's blo it, it blocks ads and you literally are earning crypto through the protocol and it's functioning yeah so i make about four to five dollars a month off of it which is not a lot but hey you know it's something hey, after a bull run after up. a bull run <laughs> could turn into something oh man all right well we're all fans of wise token and that i have an asterisk next to that to to pick it and to talk about it but i'm not going to because we're all fans of it we all have that in our heart and i and i don't want to shill however I am going to mention why I wanted to talk about it as a utility token. And, and that's because I, I, I don't know of another token that is more dynamic and with the team behind it, and it's less than a year old. And when you talk about utility, you're talking about a smart contract that functions on the Ethereum protocol as it's designed with massive ownerless liquidity on the world's largest decentralized exchange. You've got access to participate in DeFi on another of the largest smart contracts, which is a Binance smart chain. And what we've talked about, what CZ and what Binance brings to blockchain. So it's another huge mover in crypto. Uh, I was going to add this to my, it's on my list. I didn't mention, but Harmony One was another uh, pick on my smart contract platforms for what they do for sharding and scalability. And uh, although we, it wasn't my pick today, we, we mentioned others, but it's definitely up in that top, that top echelon of platforms. And Wise Token, again, is interoperable and bridges right to Harmony One. And they're already working to bridge with others. And, and if, they, if we already would be out with DeFi, I, would, I could not not pick them. The only reason I'm not picking them yet is because the DeFi isn't actually out yet that they're working on. But we know that they're just months away from being able to, to take Wise Token. And there's already insurance, they're lending. Uh, borrowing, there's a whole ecosystem being built around it. So um, only because we're all fans of it and I, and I want to go outside the box, but it, as a utility token that I, I feel that wise token in the future is another sleeper. I think it's highly undervalued. I love the fact that it's doing what it's supposed to do during a consolidation of bear market. And crypto is one of those things where so many projects die I think when people see a year, two years later, those projects that are not only are they still around, but they've done what they were supposed to do, there's a huge latent value to be appreciated as, as this stuff rolls out. So there's all I said about what I'm not picking. <laughs> nice. And what, but uh, I'm going to end up with Theta. Oh, very I good. I haven't picked Theta for anything yet. And I, I, I want to mention Theta because 
it, it's it's definitely a blue chip in the world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Uh, I mentioned for NFTs, I mentioned audio chain for music, but uh, Theta as a utility token, they're revolutionizing streaming of video, data streaming. I mean, how many people are watching Netflix? How many people are watching YouTube? How many people are streaming videos online? And that's not being done through blockchain yet, but blockchain hopes to revolutionize the way people stream content, how they're rewarded for it. And, and for that reason, uh, I picked data. They, not that I'm, a, I'm not a fan of intellectual property rights. However, they have a, a patent already. And I mentioned it because they're serious. They're not a fork. They're not claiming to do data streaming, video streaming on Ethereum, which I I feel it will be impossible, if not very difficult, uh, looking at how CryptoKitties and how quickly the Ethereum network can become expensive and bogged down. I, I just don't see it as a viable solution for streaming live video. And, and for that reason, I look at Theta as being a viable solution. You look at the founder, Stephen uh, Chen, he's a co-founder of YouTube. So it's someone who's very familiar with data streaming, very familiar with the industry and, and with the connections. And it's it's a working product. There's already a data TV. There's a lot of gamers who are actually on it and using this now. They've uh, streamed esports already. And, um, you know, they're still developing. They've got uh, uh, validator nodes with with google and sony and samsung and binance so if you look at their connections they're they're very serious uh about providing streaming video solutions to blockchain and solving poor quality um the skyrocketing data needs uh, for people and right now we all know that if you're if you're a streamer right now you have to go through a centralized system where you don't get as much of the revenue that flows back to concrete content creators because of the what's taken from the platforms themselves and that's where uh, theta comes with the picture they allow people to earn their rewards directly it's higher quality smoother video streaming uh, on the decentralized peer-to-peer -peer networks and and reducing the cost of video streaming it's uh, to be more efficient using blockchain cutting out the middleman to also be a more efficient use of computer you know, technology that, that kind of reminds me of this of the solution that nfts are providing for musicians to to be able to bypass the record labels and to get paid directly mm -hmm. it's it's not an nft but it's it's approaching that same problem you know and and trying to find a workaround it is and, and not only is it approach, approach the same problem but they're also working to uh, bring NFTs into their ecosystem. So it's very dynamic. It is its own chain. Um, they've been around for a while. They've, they're, they're working, they're functioning, and they're still growing. Uh, so that's that'll be my utility. My official utility token pick is going to be Data Token from the Data Network. And you could say that our, that our um, what's the word? Our latent pick would be wise, all three of us, you could say, right? Yep. We're just not at the unstated pick. <laughs> yes. The unstated pick. Got to, got to keep it under wraps. Got to keep it uh, mm -hmm. the sleeper. Don't yeah. tell too many people. All right. I, I got to buy more. <laughs> uh, well, again, um, of course I'll, I'll say this at the beginning. Um, uh, none of this is financial advice. Uh, this is all just for, for entertainment and um, you know, sure. yeah, very, very much. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think two things we'll do. 
Um, one, I will put together uh, an Excel sheet or something that we can all see, uh, put a dollar in each and see where we're at in a year from now. And I think that could be fun. Um, and two, I, I think I'll try to set up something on our website um, that's specificknowledge.net um, where people can come on and vote. Who do you think won? Uh, who do you think has the best portfolio uh, of in each category? Um, and we'll go through it real quick. Um, if everyone wants to state theirs, uh, I can start. Uh, for NFT, I have Super Farm. For utility token, I have VeChain. For digital currency, I have Dash. For my stable coin, I picked Wrapped Bitcoin. For my exchange token, I picked CRO token. And for my smart contract or blockchain coin, I chose Cardano or ADA. All right. And for my picks, I chose Decentraland for NFTs. I chose Basic Attention Token for the utility token. I did Bitcoin for digital currency. I picked DAI for stablecoin. I chose KuCoin for exchange tokens. And I selected ETH for the smart contract blockchain. All right. And for my picks for NFTs, I picked Audio Chain to tap into the music industry. For utility token, I went with Theta for video streaming and what they're doing with NFTs. For digital currency, I picked Pirate Chain for its anonymity. For stable coin, I picked Luna, Terra Luna, because of its uh, reaching to, to different fiats different pegged currencies. I For exchange token, I went with Binance, the BNB token. And for smart contract blockchain, I picked dot Polkadot ecosystem. Gotta say, I think this is a uh, very solid lineup. Um, wouldn't be upset with any of these. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what people think. Uh, if, you know, get some people on to vote, tell your friends, um, come on, who do you think has the best, uh, best portfolio. Uh, and if, uh, if you think you would have changed anything, Hey, drop us an email. Um, you, you can, uh, write us, contact us on our website again, specificknowledge.net. And, um, I think this is uh, this was a great episode. I, I was excited when you guys agreed to it. So, um, maybe we'll do one in the future here too. Uh, maybe a few months, things will be different. Um, new tokens out, old tokens doing better. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how things go. That's mm -hmm. a good idea. It's not a bad idea to, to, do some picks every once in a while because there's always new ones coming up and we can have uh, multiple portfolio picks kind of competing with each other and, and, and see how they perform after a few months, one after another. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, I, again, third episode is going great. Uh, we do these episodes every Tuesday. Um, we're now on Apple podcasts and of course we're on SoundCloud and you can listen on our website. Again, that's specificknowledge.net. Uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Just uh, excited to wrap up the third episode. I'm, I think uh, we have some book reviews coming that will be exciting. I, I, uh, I love the Hayek knowledge focus, so I want to connect everything we do back to that, but I don't have to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. I'm, thank you for starting this. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, Devin. I really appreciate the crypto conversations and hanging with you guys. And I really look forward to, to our next episode and what we're going to uncover and unravel there. So stay tuned. Yeah. Can't wait, guys. All right. See you later. <laughs>